Good morning and a warm welcome to our live stream for what would have been Communion Sunday. Uh, and again, we'll have a service marking that uh, this morning. Uh, we've got caution, Glenboyg Parish Churches. We're coming live from Glenboyg Parish Church uh, on Sunday, the 6th of September. But whenever and wherever you're uh, tuned in, watching or listening to this, hopefully the sound is good. If you wish to post a wee comment, particularly if you're on Facebook confirming that, that would be helpful. And uh, you may be watching or listening back later on. Uh, and nonetheless, trust, I trust that you'll be blessed in that equally with those who are tuned in live. For those who don't know, I'm Dave Slater. I'm delighted to have you watching and listening. And I'm delighted also to have Tom at a social distance uh, on the organ. Thank you for playing this morning. Uh, if you haven't seen already, you can download the order of service, which gives hymn words and uh, notices. Uh, links are in the descriptions. And um, then again, if you are listening on our telephone service, we'll upload this later on. Perhaps a neighbour or friend could get a copy of the order for you. It might be particularly helpful for the second hymn, which is a known tune, but new words. As I say, notices are listed at the end. Uh, I will be going live again this afternoon at 4pm, all being well. Cuppa and chat, a time to link in, perhaps discuss what you've watched, if you've watched this uh, or listened to this. And uh, Wednesday evening, again, apologies that last week uh, we had some technical difficulties and, and last Wednesday prayer service didn't work. But do tune in on Wednesday evening. Uh, or indeed, do let me know if a Wednesday evening isn't the best time. Uh, it may not be for me as, as other things in our family start back. So we might look at changing the night of that if there is demand. As I said, today would have been our communion service. We're not yet gathering together in our buildings for worship or for communion, but I again wanted to give us that sense of communion and fellowship, reflecting on uh, not the full meal, but an agape, a, a time of sharing together, uh, something to eat and drink together. So hopefully you've got a bit of bread and a drink of juice or water to hand for that point later in the service. The psalmist writes, praise the Lord, Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the saints. So let us praise the Lord in our first song, Holy Spirit ever living. Amen. Yeah. 
Let's join together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we gather, not in person, but virtually across the internet, across, in some cases, time, we come together as parts of communities of faith in Glenboy and in Garkosh. We come together to give you praise and glory, to seek your word for our lives, to ask your spirit to fill, refill and inspire us. And as we have sung, so we pray, Holy Spirit, be among us, living in, working in and inspiring us. We give you thanks for our church buildings, our facilities, recognising that it's been hard to be church without the familiar, and yet we are church without necessarily having to have these places and these familiarities. We seek to be church in a time of restriction. So give us hope for the future. Give us strength for the process of working out how and when to reopen. Guide us in the ways that we should go. For we know you have guided those who go before us, the community of saints. Your voice speaks not in the storm or the wind, but the still small voice. The voice over the shoulder saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Give us the ears to hear that voice, to respond to that guidance. And renew us. Where we feel shaky, give us confidence in our faith. Where we feel bitter, give us thankfulness for your love. Where we feel despairing, give us joy in your creation. Where we feel inward focused, give us care for others. We pray all these things and ask for a sense of your presence wherever we are, church or home, kitchen, living room, on the go. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our church reopening plans uh, at the moment. I can't give you uh, precise information for Glen Boyd. We haven't managed to rearrange your meeting. I'm hoping to uh, at least get talking with uh, individuals this week and work out what we do from there. Uh, I can tell you that Garkosh are still aiming for a reopening mid-September. Um, those of you looking at your calendars will realise we're coming close to mid-September, uh, and I suspect it may be. Uh, not this Sunday, but a week on Sunday, however, that's still to be confirmed. So we'll watch this space as ever. Uh, and as I've indicated before, there will be a lot of differences to in-person worship compared to what there was uh, at the beginning of the year before lockdown. So there will still be, I hope, some form of online uh, version of worship for folk to join in with. Everyone should feel uh, that they're doing the right thing for their own individual health. So no one should feel pressured, but if you do feel fit and able to help, to volunteer to help, uh, and you have uh, taken uh, note of the potential uh, risks and challenges, um, then please do let me know. There will be a need perhaps for some folk to do preparation, um, potentially in, in both church buildings. 
and definitely uh, on the day uh, the days of, of being reopened uh, in terms of stewarding and taking note of details and so forth. So do contact me if you can help with that. Can I re-emphasize our ongoing collection for Coatbridge Food Bank? I've been perhaps a bit quieter on social media about this, but we're still uh, are collecting, there's still need, uh, and our volunteer, Jack Kosh, at 102 Lock End Road, is still very willing, I believe, to collect these, to take these to, to the food bank. Um, and equally, if you let me know, or anyone else, uh, if you can't get them to there, then we will happily arrange pickup. Sadly, there will be, I think, continuing and increasing need as the furlough scheme seems set to come to an end and there is concern for further redundancies and job losses so uh, please do support that if you can and if you're willing to. Uh, birthdays that I'm aware of uh, as always let me know for shout outs in future weeks. Um, there's Karen Mill, uh, there's my mother-in-law Margaret Lovely, I don't know if Margaret's tuning in, uh, Sally McCutcheon, who's uh, part of the, the Glenboy Crafty Bees, and uh, also I missed, I just saw it after I'd recorded last week's, I think, um, or just became aware of it after I'd done that, but Kirstine and John McDonald celebrated their anniversary, so happy anniversary and happy birthday respectively to all of those. Also, as you may have seen, if you're on Facebook, uh, we discovered uh, the unexpected passing of John Cleasy. Uh, so please keep his family and friends in your prayers. John is a long-time elder here in Glenboy. His funeral is going to be at Daldari under the continuing restrictions. And if there's any more information to share with you, I will do that later on. But remember, anyone you know who's uh, been bereaved, those who are ill, those who are in the hospital. I'm just checking that I haven't had a comment, so I trust that you're not just watching me or listening to me in silence. Uh, oh, there's at least one person on there, that's good. Uh, so uh, I'm pr proceeding in faith, uh, as always. At the very least, um, hopefully there'll be a recording that I can post uh, afterwards. couple of readings now. Uh, Psalm 149, verses 1 to 5. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this honour and sing for joy on their beds. And from Matthew's Gospel, some words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 18, just a couple of verses. Matthew 18, uh, verse 19. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them.
Praise the Lord. Not surprisingly, this phrase crops up a number of times in the Bible, especially in the Psalms. Here in the final five Psalms of the collection of the book, it both opens and closes each Psalm. And of course, if you search for those words, but not exactly that phrase, you'd get many more instances of praise God, let us praise God's glory, and so on, right the way through Scripture. And we often open with a reading from a psalm or elsewhere and an encouragement. Let us praise God. Let's continue to worship God uh, as we move into usually our first song or hymn. But I wonder in that phrase, a phrase that's directed to others, even if that includes the speaker themselves, do you, do I need a reminder to praise God? It's harder, perhaps, when we can't gather together, when we can't praise as a communal activity. It's harder when we don't have someone leading the music or not being in the same room as them, or we don't have a hymn book to hand, or we don't know the words by heart. Ah, well, we think. Perhaps this will be over soon. Perhaps we'll get back to what we always did, well, maybe, but also no. Worship has been different for some months now, of course, online, individualized, remote in some ways. And for what looks like a considerable time, even if we are able to meet together, it will look different. Worship will look different. Under the current regulations, which admittedly are being refined and revised every so often, we wouldn't be able to sing together. Some places are going for humming perhaps, but uh, as the, the hymn goes, how can I keep from singing? It would be difficult to uh, hold ourselves back sometimes. We'd be wearing masks, unless of course we're exempt. We'd be distanced, uh, not that we're always sat close together in the pews anyway, but uh, we might not even be able to sit with our pals or in our regular seats. There might well be a smaller number of people present, something that can be a challenge for congregations that are already small. One-way systems in and out of the building, being shown to a seat that is not your preferred one, or a place in the building that's not your preferred position. Having sanitizer on hand, although no doubt we've got used to many of these things uh, in the shops if we've been out and about. Even, and I know that sometimes people uh, have a fear about this, leaving by a different door from the one that you entered. Perhaps also, depending on demand, discovering that at the distancing that's prescribed, there's not room for everyone who wants to attend. That priority might need to be given to someone who missed out the previous time. I know that you might not like some all, any of these differences. I won't like some of these differences. But these guidelines have been compiled in order to get us back sooner. In fact, some churches uh, have already got back sooner when they've been more able to do that. The alternative is perhaps not meeting together for even longer. And also of the greater impact that it could have on our social and spiritual and emotional well-being as well as potentially on the congregations being able to continue. But we are encouraged 
to sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the saints. Now, for those who are regulars here, you know that new songs can be sometimes a, a passion of mine and that I don't always get the balance right between those that are known and those that are not. Tommy's laughing. While the psalmist may have used these words literally, sing a new song, come up with new words of praise, it's also possible to apply those words, and they appear in several psalms as well as in Isaiah and Revelation, as a bigger picture, singing a new song as a metaphor, meaning living in a new way, doing worship differently, organizing our lives differently. We're already having to do that in the world. In the church, as long as we're rejoicing in the maker, being glad in our king. Now, you might not be one who's comfortable expressing your praise through dance. I'm not. And yet I know that in other church denominations sometimes, and in other cultures, it comes more easily. I would worry, I think, what others would think of and think about looking at me. But praise and worship isn't for each other. Whether you're in person or online, you're not an audience. We are a congregation of believers giving worship to an audience of one. Whether we're distanced or uh, home or together, we're all part of that act of worship directed heavenward. And he appreciates our offerings of worship, no matter what we think of them. Make music with tambourine and harp, the psalm says, or pipe organ, or guitar, or whatever you have to hand. Gone are the days, I hope, when which instruments are suitable and which unsuitable for worship. Though I'm sure we'd all draw the line somewhere, whether it's with a kazoo or something else. God takes delight in his people as we do what we can. The humble are lifted up, crowned with salvation, and as the saints, the ones called to be different, even holy, we are given honour and joy. Even on our beds, in our homes, our armchairs, wherever we tune in and join in with this. So what is our new song to be? What does it sound like? What will it look like? It's not just about the nuts and bolts of returning after COVID, following the regulations, masking up, sanitizing, minimizing risk. What does it mean to be the church in these times? Almost 20 years ago, a report came to the church's General Assembly that was to shape a lot of subsequent debate, yet some would say has still not been fully worked through or enacted. You've probably heard of it, the Church Without Walls report. And without necessarily saying that congregations don't need buildings, though in some places that is the case, or maybe the future, the new song that needs to be sung. But the idea behind that title, as I understand it, was to think both about removing barriers to God and to worship without walls, in that sense, but also to be the church, the people of God, without or out with the walls. Now, me saying, sing a new song, find a new way to be church in COVID and post-COVID times, well, it's hard enough looking after ourselves and our families, hard enough surviving. And I sense that too. We want the familiar, the comforting, rather than coming up with something new. All that may be true, but there are always things we can do. And I gave you just a couple of verses of today's gospel reading. If two on earth agree about anything you ask for, 
will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Christians, and I've done it myself, use and maybe even abuse this verse to reassure ourselves when not many turn up to something, to a prayer meeting, to a special event, even uh, when numbers are a bit low on a Sunday service. Oh, two or three are gathered. It's not the, the numbers, it's the, the quality. And all of those can be true. It's an encouragement to gather, to keep being faithful. Not in the words, I think, from Hebrews of uh, giving up gathering together as some have been in the habit of doing. Not being too worried about the numbers, as uh, David was uh, criticized by God for doing a census and being too worried about how many there were. But maybe we can sing a new song with these verses too. Maybe we can envisage what church may be like. You'll remember Alan Donaldson, uh, who conducted worship uh, in the four Sundays before lockdown when I was off. And he's been blogging uh, over the summer. I've shared some of his uh, thoughts and writings. Um, I think widebeam.org is his site. I'll try and share it again. He's talked about what does church look like? Why can't we have church that's gathered in people's gardens, for example, at those distances? Gathering in small numbers that don't fall foul of any regulations, even as we may have local restrictions varying up or down. What might church be like? Taking time to discuss and pray and agree with each other what we're praying for. Recognizing that Jesus is present in gatherings like that, as well as because it happens to be the minister leading or it happens to be officially on the church page or whatever. Taking initiative, perhaps, that each of us are to discover the point of us being the church. Praise is important. In here or in Garkosh, it is comfortable, it is familiar. But too much inward looking can leave us forgetting to be outward looking. How can one or two or three people or households in a street or an area get together to make a difference? By prayer? Absolutely. Also, by taking the other parts of the whole gospel and applying them. And here we might get into arguments about what does the whole gospel entail. But radical hospitality is modelled and taught by Jesus. Radical hospitality to a neighbour or an acquaintance who's always been quiet. Now they may wish to stay that way. We're not talking about dragging uh, someone who's an introvert out of their house to uh, meet with other people. But maybe there's a chance to build on a slight acquaintanceship and give someone an opportunity to connect and to open up. Radical generosity. Getting or making small items perhaps and giving them out to the people in your street. Something that speaks of God's love or simply of the brotherly, family love from one human to another. And I'm not saying that we haven't perhaps already thought of or done these things. Let's continue to encourage each other, motivate a group perhaps to have another boost of giving for the food bank. And maybe agree to coordinate a few donations if you were comfortable doing that. Letting myself or someone else know when a gathered amount needed collected. There are no limits. Use your imagination. Use the tools and technology that we have available, even as we look to resume something like normality. Who knows what the church could look like in these times?
Because praise of God that simply stays there, stays here, and doesn't include that movement out to share the joy and the love in the ways that are practical is perhaps not praise that stays fresh. I've quoted before the preacher who arranged for a sign to be erected above the door of the way out of his building. You are now entering the mission field. Let us sing a new song as we praise God. Moving back perhaps to the familiar as and when we can, but also looking outwards to consider how we can be the church renewed in these weeks and months. May it be so. Amen. We do, however, miss meeting together for the sacrament of communion. And I still find myself unable to claim this is communion when we're prevented from being gathered together. Again, with no criticism of those ministers and churches who have held online celebrations of it, I felt and feel that I can't say this is communion when we're unable all to eat one bread and drink one cup. As uh, they say sometimes on the internet, change my mind, I'm happy to enter into discussion and debate on this. But once again, I wanted to mark this Sunday and give an opportunity for us to give thanks. So let us do so. Let us pray. Lord God, we praise you for your love for us, your gifts to us, for your Son who saved us, your Spirit who enables us, for the faithfulness that means the God we praise is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph, Moses and the prophets, the God we're shown in Jesus, the God who works through the New Testament and through history, the God who is there as we look to the culmination of history. We thank you too for that challenging call to sing a new song, whatever that may mean and look like in our changed circumstances. We ask for your forgiveness for our mistakes and faults and failings, what we have done or left undone, what we will go on to do and to fail at. We believe and trust that you are faithful to forgive, that your mercies are new every morning. We ask that in this service, though we may not precisely be celebrating communion, that nonetheless you are with us as we are gathered in your name, as we eat and drink. Thinking of that first Lord's Supper itself, marking your faithfulness in the Passover, and thinking of the years and centuries of faithful witness as new songs were sung again and again, the church finding ways to follow you as societies and lands changed. And as we look ahead, not only to your coming again, but sooner to that time when we are able to gather in person, in spirit and truth, to eat and drink in this great truth and mystery. We give you thanks for all your gifts to us. The ways that you've prospered us and enabled us perhaps to put money aside or to donate through the online options that are available. We pray to you for those who are unable to do that, whose situations are precarious. As we thank you for those gifts, we thank you too for these gifts uh, before each one of us the food and the drink that we have prepared to show that sign of unity together. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So a bit of a different reading for this service from Luke 24. Just after the uh, encounter on the Emmaus Road and the two have gone back. 
While they were still talking about this, Jesus stood, himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and the Psalms. Amen. So the disciples are talking about that realization of the two from the Emmaus Road. We have seen the Christ. Then he appears among them and blesses them with peace. Yet that's the last thing they have. It's fine to hear a report, but to suddenly see him there, and he anticipates that fear. I'm not a ghost. And he eats with them. Eating is a reassurance beyond his words, beyond seeing his wounds. The disciples are gathered, if relatively few in number. We don't know precisely how many, the 11 and those with them, plus the two from the Emmaus experience. And there Jesus was in the midst of them. He shared food to show that he was real. Yet obviously his arrival and appearance was unusual to cause them enough to be startled, even afraid. But he calms with his words, his actions, his reassurance that it was all part of the fulfillment of prophecy. We're unable to be all together. Even when we do resume meeting, we may not all be together. We may not be startled, but fear may certainly be a factor as we think of coming back. We may be troubled or doubting. We might miss the fellowship of church, yet if we're fortunate, we have fellowship of friends, neighbours, even nearby church friends. Communion doesn't generally include fish, of course, though if you have a piece of fish at home, that's absolutely fine. But if you have that something in front of you that's not quite bread or wine or juice, this is not quite communion, but it's a shared experience over a symbolic meal, almost an agape, as I've said, and not quite the same as others might practice it. We're in exile from our normal worship, our normal pattern of gathering together. We are singing a new song together, finding temporary patterns and ways forward, while also remembering and even longing for what used to be and wondering at what might be in the future. Perhaps best thought of as a remembrance of a remembering. So if you wish to join with me now, as if you have something like a roll or bread or a cracker, some juice or water, we pray, Lord, we break bread. Remembering the way we would share the Holy Fellowship, lamenting this temporary though ongoing loss of the familiar. And we remember and give thanks that these restrictions do not restrict the power of Jesus' sacrifice, giving his body to be broken on the cross, pouring out himself as a sign of this new covenant. We remember and we drink the cup and eat the bread. We recognize that no distance can separate us from your love. 
No virus can interfere with that new covenant made in Christ and proclaimed down the generations. We think of other times when your people have been exiled, separated from the old or new normal, the children of Israel in the desert, the times when the supply of priests or ministers in Christian history was low, or due to schism or reformation or war, there were too few who were authorized to conduct. We think of those times when your people have been called into new ways, new patterns, new places, new lives, singing a new song, but still praising you, faithful God. And we know that your spirit was there, as your spirit is here. And we bring before you the situations that are at the forefront of our minds, our cares and concerns. Perhaps particularly we remember Betty, who's been in hospital, remembering her and the family, bring her back to full health again. We remember the Clasey family losing John unexpectedly, the challenge that is this week before them. We pray for others who've lost loved ones, others who are sick, all those who've lost plans and opportunities, those who are finding ways through, doing things in a new, unexpected way. We pray for governments and leaders, those advising, those seeking to do the best and right things. And we remember that this week saw the anniversary of the official signing of the surrender by Japan, the end of the Second World War. We once more give thanks for those who fought and sacrificed for peace. We pray always for peace among nations. Never again may war come amongst us. We pray against racism and hatred and violence and for those who peacefully protest for their rights and for justice. We know that many situations are complex. We long for a day where all are treated equally and fairly. Grant us communion, fellowship, union with each other, with fellow believers, in time with others whom we will draw to you. Grant us that sense of union with you, Lord God. Give us a greater sense of being part of your planet, your creation, that we may become ever better stewards of it. Lord, hear and answer all our prayers and concerns. Give us your grace and peace as we pray according to the pattern that Jesus taught his friends. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You can't be surprised if the next hymn is not entirely new, uh, not entirely known to you. It is a new set of words written by a colleague uh, last year, I believe, uh, but it is to a known tune. We sing, God will do a new thing. Oh. Uh -huh. 
always, to Tom, to Clay, to you for tuning in and joining in. Now may the peace of the Lord be with you. For Lord, we have remembered in symbolic action, we have lamented what we cannot do. Now let us go to continue to be your people in our homes, in our streets, in our workplaces or out and about, caring for others by protecting them and ourselves. Let us find that new song to sing and that old faith to fall back on. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day, this week and always. Amen. We sing, go now in peace. Facebook.